minutes the other day. Literally. <laughs> we are live talking that grits. Savory and sweet. Putting in work, 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 work. Only thing in my sights. Putting in work, 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 work. All day and all night. Putting in work, 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 work. Only sleeping on flights. Putting in work, work, work. Put my back into it. I'ma use some extra muscle. Make them dance sweat. Simon says me super shut up. Some bands to it. That's what I call flow and hustle. No kilograms, only fans. Single born shuffle. Supply demand, get advanced price. Just double. Expand the brand, that's the plan Cause I need a couple of Put a Rembrandt on hand Yeah, we know it's trouble Flow of plans and some land and some space Putting work, 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 work Only thing in my sights Putting in work, 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 work All day and all night Putting in work, 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 work Only sleeping on flights Putting in work, work, work Diversify the funds Let me call it team Huddle on three About to make it monsoon Hell, I'm playing puddles Going full throttle, we gon' need some seat buckles. Caught up by the bigger picture, pieces sort of puzzle. Going on, stop till it pop, hold, bubble, hold against the clock. Watch me get, get this triple, double fight for my life. I'ma fight to the white knuckles. About to get this work off his clerk. I ain't here to put in work, 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 work. All right, we're listening to Mahogany Jones. That's her new um single called work i think it came out um top of this year so i gotta get her on the podcast um yeah but i'm in studio with pilar cote nft evangelist and also kari frazier what's going on our proprietor for detroit is different yes yes, community resource it is not me (laughs) said community yeah, so with that, um, I just want to. So Kari is a big boss, and so he's got to go do some bossy stuff. Hilarious. But he gave us some really, um, some really wonderful history uh, about Ukraine. And first of all, go to the Detroit is Different uh, channel on YouTube and check out. There's an entire series with um, Russ Ballant. And he breaks down, you know, that entire series. And so shouts out to Always First Class Media, um, who's in the building. Yeah, we're going to have a lively discussion. So, uh, okay, so I wanted to, like, orient us, though, first. Um, And I'm in this, I'm in a lot of different groups and, um, you know, all these leftist groups that I'm in. Uh, And so (laughs) um, I want to, I want to, orient us in this letter um there's a there's a letter that's been written by the left folks on the left that are um in lithuania actually before i do that let me go to kari because kari's got to go and so i'll read the letter like after so kari go ahead and root us in um the history that you were, you know, just kind of settling us into. And like I said, to, um, to really dig into this history, go to the Detroit is different, uh, YouTube channel and you can see it more in detail, but, uh, yeah, take it away, Kari. All right. So, uh, one of Detroit is different's other partners is Riverwise magazine. If you're not picking up Riverwise magazine, 
you're missing out on a lot of cool information, usually uh, from the perspective of definitely progressive thought, uh, activism, and also real cool artists too. So poetry, every issue has like a real cool cover uh, of artistry and so much more. And part of, to, part of connecting to Riverwise is the Riverwise podcast is produced via Detroit is Different. And now we launched into a YouTube page for Riverwise because uh, I had a special interview with Russ Ballant. Russ Ballant is an author, also an activist and an anti-war activist uh, that has written a lot about the conflict that does exist today. Uh, in studying this conflict that does exist today, uh, there are a couple key things that uh, that hit home. Uh, and even from the interview I had with Russ Ballant, which I really felt like I was Ed Bradley or something on 60 Minutes because I had to listen to the interview uh, after listening to the interview and making my chops of how I cut the video edits. I collaborated with a lot of his information. Uh, Duck, duck, go instead of Google, even though I think they kind of connected, but that's the search <laughs> engine I usually use, especially with stuff like this. Um, and I found out the relationship between the Ukraine and the Nazi regime, and also the relationship between uh, what was recognized as communist or socialist Russia and the Ukraine as well. Uh, so to have a better understanding of what represented in this land, uh, the Ukraine, Ukraine has kind of stood at a stance of polar opposite theories and thoughts of what would have been uh, the leaning towards a Nazi influence and a socialist and communist influence of Russia, Nazi influence from what is uh, Germany. Uh, at one point in time, uh, this is really going back through history. So World War One, for any of you all that really study history, uh, as far as I'm concerned, when I, when I look at how it boils down, was a lot about colonization, but specifically and particularly the colonization of Africa. Uh, a lot of European nations felt left out and not getting their fair share of what resources from Africa they could get. Uh, people, gold, oil, um, natural gas, uh, the, the same things that have been going on in Africa ever since... I don't know, the Western world has been introduced to Africa. Uh, so World War I was a huge um, explosion of what happened in reference to this. But during that time, uh, you, you have like, I guess, what's honored as a world power of Russia, uh, having a lot of influence on this whole region. Uh, what's different about Russia than many of the other nations there is Russia did not fall under the flag of the of Catholicism and Christianity, like a lot of the other European states did. This has, I think, more to do with uh, control and power than godliness in any realm of reality. So this is a Kari Frazier surmise, but I'm going to always urge, as I did even in the interview with Russ, do your own research, do your own research, do your own research, do your own research, do your own research. Don't believe me. Don't believe Piper. Don't believe Pilar. Don't believe the news. Don't believe Russ. Believe your damn self when you apply critical thinking, okay? So with this, as we usher through uh, this, this idea of this rule of the cloth, meaning uh, the Pope and God, versus those outside of that, which, which fell under the realm of communism, which usually the argument against communism in a, in a vacuum at one point in time was always those are godless people, those godless communists and socialist people. So 
this arc of thinking was the way that they otherized and dehumanized many of the Russians. Uh, and it also built uh, the foundation for what became that call to action. At one point in time, you had a Russian premier. That Russian premier built this, uh, this rhetoric. Uh, and that rhetoric was the premise that created the roots of what became the Nazi regime and this whole idea of Aryan thought and the premise for what eugenics became um, in Europe, even though a lot of the birthplace of this whole eugenics movement comes back to America as a 100%. lot of these thoughts and ideals of even Nazism come from a lot of what was here in America to dehumanize and otherize our people, uh, black people and the native people that were here. So um, I'm giving you this background because we have to look at the macro to even understand what's happening in the micro. World War I happens. Uh, during this shift of power in Russia, the shift of power moves towards socialism and communism. This unsettles a lot of things. Uh, Germany in, in World War I were seen as like, I guess, the losers of World War I, which already built a lot of social angst and many things changed in the German region. Uh, and those things that changed also had a lot of influence from what was labeled, as, as you know, Ukraine at one point in time was part of Russia, but these Ukrainian nationals, these Ukrainian nationals were kind of the first uh, paramilitary group to fight behind Adolf Hitler. Um, and World War II happens. So one of the key missions in World War II was to get back Russia, the Kremlin, uh, take back Moscow. Uh, and it, it's, it's seen through the lens of most American history, I know even me included, um, that World War II was when, when America went in and fought at the shores in D-Day. The reality is most of the war in, for World War II was fought in Russia. Uh, defeating the Nazi regime was really in Russia's side. And, and Russia lost 30 million people in World War II. Um, from there, after World War II, you have uh, the collapse of the Nazi regime. And, and it was at one point in time, like, a, a you know, if we're both, you know, we become friends just because we have the same enemy kind of thought process between Russia uh, Great Britain and America. So you have Winston Churchill, you have uh, Teddy Roosevelt, and you have um, Stalin that all kind of come together under a compromise to fight against the Nazi regime, which is kind of weird because at the same time, America's was backing a lot of what was happening in Nazism. Uh, it's a known fact that uh, to this day, one of the biggest people to sell out Madison Square Garden was Adolf Hitler. Like, I want to say he did it like five nights in a row. You know what I'm saying? And this, it wasn't like way before World War II was going on. This was like World War II happens on Friday. You know, you know, last week, Adolf Hitler was marching down New York City with people, you know, doing the Hell Hitler salute and selling out Madison Square Garden. You know what I'm saying? New York Knicks, Ringling Brothers, Adolf Hitler. You know, this is American history. Uh, one of the key supporters that we know was Henry Ford, but along with Henry Ford, many Wall Street bankers bankrolled a lot of what happened with the Nazi regime. And this creates the 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 shadows of what happens after World War II. So after World War II, we come to this idea of what United Nations is. The United Nations 
is a collection of nations so that it's like we can avoid international conflicts moving forward. So when the United Nations is formed, soon after you have another organization called NATO, you know, this treaty alliance of many nations, but the whole concept of NATO was to stop USSR, Russia, what we, what, but at one point in time, it was the USSR, it was the United States of these Russians, Ukraine included, from growing bigger. NATO's whole purpose was to look at toppling Russia or stopping aggression towards Russia, beating the Reds. This was the foundation of NATO. Uh, upon the foundation of NATO, uh, the first chairman of NATO was a Nazi general, uh, Hausinger, Husinger. Uh, damn, I had German in high school. Husinger. And you can find statues of him in the Ukraine. Um, and you also find statues of so many other Nazis in the Ukraine because it's always been kind of like a back and forth between Nazism and communism that has existed in Russia. That's why even before this, about a month ago, there was a vote on the UN floor of condemning Nazism moving forward. There were two nations that did that voted against this. And the two nations were the United States of America and the Ukraine. So as we're looking at some of these known neo-Nazis on news, but they're being painted as war heroes, and you can even track some of this stuff through Vice. A lot of the SS patches from Nazi regime, uh, a lot of the swastikas and, and paraphernalia, all worn by these Ukrainian nationals, uh, and even... And from and even some of the symbolism from apartheid as Dylan Roof wore the apartheid uh, uh, patches when he shot up that church tragically. Uh, and they've also reconditioned the uh, or redone the Confederate flag here in America to be yellow and blue. So when you're looking at a lot of these Ukrainians being, I guess, aggressive or racist towards Africans, a lot of it is based and steeped in Nazism. And I'm definitely not saying that Russia is not steeped in white supremacy as well, because this is a this is like a layered global fight. And it just looks different from different angles and different viewpoints. But we also need to recognize the alignment between what has always been a battle state. And that is the Ukraine. It's always been a fight the same way if, you know, like me, have family down south. It's a tension that exists with those sons and daughters of the Confederate Army because their belief is a lot like some of these Ukrainian Nazis' belief. A lot of the belief of the sons and daughters of the Confederate Army believe that America was in a better place. And excuse my French right here. Their perspective is we had our niggers in control and niggers, had, niggers didn't even know they needed a better life. And ever since you gave them freedom, they've been asking for more and more and more. You know, um, it's a tough discussion to have. I've been a truck driver. So every damn near every nook and cranny, I've seen some good old boys in my day, you know, and I just welcome any discussion and discourse. So even the uncomfortable conversation I love to have just so that I can get some perspective of it, whether I agree or disagree, I like to at least know the perspective. This is some of the same sentiments that you will hear from many as Ukrainian nationalists. So they'll say we hate Putin because he's a Jew. We don't like what's happening in communism because it's godlessness. We need our nation form back. So another thing to bring into point of this is NATO itself as an organization, kind of Russia, especially 
Vladimir Putin has always taken the stance of NATO does not need to exist anymore. Hence the aggression in the thought process is NATO is America and America is NATO. You know, if that makes any sense from their perspective, because America is one of the key driving forces of what NATO has become. Uh, and an agreement was that brought down the Berlin Wall, and I'm a kid looking at David Hasselhoff seeing, was built under the whole pro promise of you will not move any NATO bases further across any of these borders. It was honored at the time by Ronald Reagan and G George uh, Herbert Walker Bush, but by the time the USSR is toppled and things change, President Clinton's like, damn that, I'm not honoring any of those agreements. So what brought Germany together and was kind of heightened tensions is NATO. When you look at these maps, it looks like you're looking at maps where Russia's basically surrounding itself around the Ukraine. But then if you look at the maps and look at the NATO bases, it's surrounding itself actually around Russia. It's the flip reverse. And we're playing a game of propaganda and finding out information. And, and like I say, don't believe me all, for all of this. Do your own research. Find out. And then look at body language. Look at tonality. Look at some of the um, aggressions. And then ask yourself, why are these Nazi statues still in Times Squares and, and altered in many of these places? You may ask yourself, why is a Thomas Jefferson statue in America too? But Albeit, as I say, you know, these are things that we need to think about as we identify with what's happening. And it's definitely taking advantage of people uh, by dehumanizing others and a lot of confusion from a top down level. Also, when you look at the president of Ukraine right now, I think is uh, from Western world and American news looked at as like this beloved young guy that's out here fighting. He comes from a subset of teachings of many of these world leaders. So him, uh, President Trudeau in Canada, um, uh, what other world leaders come from this? Uh, presidents in Argentina uh, come from like this leadership council. Some of that leadership council is some of that same leadership council thought process and theory that gave us people like in Detroit, Robert Bob and stuff like that. These like weird think tank institutions that give us who the, our next leaders will be, all are interconnected. And that's why this man has so much wealth, how he's so interconnected, and what's intertwined in, even through what's recognized in Jewish faith through him, a lot of Nazism to be in the Ukraine. Uh, we need to be very aware of what's going to happen next, as America is in a position where I believe that our president is being exploited by people that always look to turn to war, so that military-industrial complex. And also a, a huge distraction, as this is a Kari Fraser opinion, of uh, one of the most inept and uh, one of the most inept presidencies we've ever seen. Uh, not saying that I supported many, as a Black man in America, I don't support many presidencies, but looking at it from the lens of, if I'm an American, not a Black man in America, this is a very inept president. Um, he doesn't really address the people. The The country is still se segmented. Uh, you still have people that uh, are, are not, you still have a lot of uneasiness about everything. And many people are kind of looking like, that ain't my war. And then others are still upset about other things. So, Wait, so let me, um, let me get Pilar. 
Yeah, I'm going to get um, Pilar in here to, like, respond to some of that and then maybe, like, add on to what, um, you know, we were talking about earlier. Um, wow, that was really deep. I just want to say it was very, very broad. I'm curious about the leader of Ukraine. Um, I had read that he's also Jewish. Is that right? Yes. So, yeah. He he's Can also you... recognized. Uh, he's also Jewish that. in faith. Right. Um, but see, this is the layers of even the Jewish people that helped the Nazi regime in Germany. Like, like some of these some of these realities, like if you, if I can use this to spin whatever this narrative is, I'm going to use that. So, so this is a, it's like so many layers to a lot of these conflicts, you know what I'm saying? And what goes on, but historically I do believe that it's, it's a lot of ego and people feeling as though it's our birthright to have certain things. But also too, There's a difference between Judaism and Zionism. And so there is a difference. Yeah. And so a lot of what folks uh, identify as uh, Jewish, mm-hmm. um, especially from Israel or this right wing, you know, white supremacist um, Zionism. Mm-hmm. And so, um, uh, the think tank that Kari was talking about and this uh, rising white um, right that's been happening for the last, like, at, well, it's always been here, it's but, always been here. It's it's just, been here. but the power, this is the, new, this is the rebrand. It's like the rebranded white supremacy. It's like, the, yeah, uh, it's like Coke. It's been, it's been growing um, in this kind of way. Like let's call it like a a neo, yeah, a, a neo right wing white supremacy like um yeah. the new Coke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's like a new brand on something that has always been here, and uh, as we look at what this new brand is, it's unique because I think a lot of that is more like inner fighting. It's it's like an imploding of it. It's going to be more January six. It's going to be more people going to Governor Whitmer's door than even worrying about the black and brown problem. Like, not they still hate us, but the hate towards us is not as visceral as it is towards this broken leadership because it goes back to when we were in control, we did not have problems like this. You started giving them freedom and started giving them rights and it fucked everything up and they keep asking for shit. So there's a, you know, there's a, there's a layer here that, that we don't, we, we often sort of, or it gets hidden. There's, there's, there's something that really gets hidden under, you know, that label of white supremacy, right? Like Mm -hmm. that, that idea of white, like that's, it's, um, it's a label, it's not science, it's, that's Mm -hmm. bonafide, not, you know, it's made up, but, um, and, and that's greed, right? And, and so we have these structures um, all over the world, um, entire infrastructures built on this idea of hoarding, right? Hoarding um, resources and marginalizing or um, like blocking access to resources and, and whatnot for, you know, certain groups of people based on their skin color, right? Um, when you look at, you you mentioned something that was really interesting, Um 
the you know the U.S. having um, very like a lot of origins of that that racism and white supremacy, and a lot of people I don't think are aware that I believe it was um, sixteen eighty three, um, sixteen eighty three, or was it eighteen sixty three? Might have been eighteen sixty three. Um, there was one woman. So at that time in the U.S., we had slavery, and um, like it was still law, and a woman, but at, at that time, if your parents were European, if, specifically if your father was European, then you, by law, were considered European. So an, a, an abolitionist, which is somebody that fights against um, slavery from Europe, I believe he was from the UK, he's an attorney, he meets this woman, her father is a slave owner, um, a, you know, a European man, and her mother is a slave. And so he, they, they befriend each other and he wants to get her um, out of slavery. He wants to free, help free her. He's an abolitionist. And he he wants to go through the courts. So they go through the court system and they they stipulate, but her father is a European. Since her father is a European, then she is a European. And by law, a European cannot be enslaved. She gained her freedom. She's the only slave in the United States of America that gained her freedom that way. As soon as she gained her freedom, everybody, like the courts, like slave owners went kind of crazy. And they were like, well, we can't have this. We can't have slaves being freed because their fathers are rapists, right? Um, we, You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. Um, so they changed the laws and they created the word white. That was when the word white was created, the label white. And only if you were deemed white under the white label could you be free. Only if you were deemed under the white label could you have naturalization, like be a citizen of the United States of America. Only if you were deemed white under that label could you have ownership, could you own land and people. And only if you were a white man could you... Um, you know, have access sexually to anyone you wanted. White women were not permitted to have sex with anyone other than white labeled men, right? And that was law. So um, that is like, that's like the beginnings of, you know, the idea of race, mm -hmm. right? And, and, and even before that, though, like along leading up to that, because mm -hmm. in like this, legally speaking, like where it was well, written legally, into law. It, it began with, the justification of enslavement and otherism of was course, of course. we're not Christian. Um, right. But there were so many other sl slave uprisings around the fact of like certain places where there were so many outnumbered enslaved people um, welcoming, welcoming in people through the cloth of Christianity. And this is not to, uh, you know, make anyone get in their feelings because in my mind and my ideals of morality, just due to how I was raised, Christianity is my moral compass. Uh, I am understanding of the Coptic religion of Christianity, but within it, I also am understanding that religion has been one of the tools of using uh, influence and mind control historically. And that's Judaism, Islam, and it, it, it has uh, Buddhism. Christianity. So like so much of this is the vehicles of people. So like at like first it was that colonialism. Yeah. I right. mean, it's been a tool of like it's oppression. Been, it's been weaponized. For, for, that yes. Way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's been yeah. a tool of yeah, oppression yeah, almost yeah, like yeah. since the beginning. Yeah, yeah. So I would, I would eat in 
and as this is happening, like you even see the scene in um, like we talk about you know, whatever. But the scene in Django, where quick, where Leonardo DiCaprio takes the the skull and he's like, this nigger's head is da 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 da. Like there was a whole subset of what we regard as the highest forms of science, Oxford, Harvard, Yale, like Darwin, they, Darwin theory. All of this was based on the whole concept of like black people are are more uh, we we have no souls. We have like this was like uh, it was like running parallel like to it's, to it's not a this. it's not a was, though, because those are the basis of the current teachings in science classes at the highest level of so-called university. I, I agree. I mean, I'm just saying like but it, at, at the was I'm saying was like it's running concurrent that creates the whole concept of what whiteness is. And what's so strange about even whiteness itself is that's what makes things so strange because even with inside whiteness, there is a hierarchy and caste system of what whiteness is. It's because it's just a label. It's not science. Like it's not, gen it's not human genetics. It's not real. That's why mm -hmm. there can be a hierarchy. Do you, it, do you see what I'm saying? Because it, it's it, not real. It's fabricated. Yeah. But even, even when we think of the gangsterism of what America represents, these were these were these were vagrants, thieves, outcasted, outcasted uh religious extremists. Um, um like the the quote unquote settlers here. And, and the George Washingtons and the Thomas Jeffersons, even of, of the quote unquote forms of like what's labeled as true whiteness. And that's the Germanic, the English, the French, the Spanish, the Portuguese, but like the Irish, the Scottish, the Polish, the, the Serbian, the Russian, the like there is in this system of what becomes whiteness and like what encompasses things, one of the whole concepts and the ideals is the American propaganda that has always existed. But the design of this nation was always for white men that own businesses and property. So wait, let, let's go back to that first point you made though. Um, because you made a, uh, a statement here, um, that had me and Pilar's ears like perked really up and it was around um, the concept of Nazism, which was which is an American yeah. uh, idea, yes, and is created in America. Can you touch back, or either one of you, like touch back on because you were saying earlier, and I don't remember if we said it on air or not, but you were speaking earlier about how um, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase your discomfort with. Um, trying to frame uh, the situation, the political situation, as uh, you, uh, Ukraine being a, a a victim is difficult for you because of their uh, their roots, their their Nazi roots. And yeah. I might be speaking for and, you, and, so just correct I'll, me. I'll, so it's like anything that w when we're dealing with with, with people, it's layers. Because even a lot of the people in the Nazi guard, like you know. It's some horrific shit that people can do when conditioned, when they think less. But part of our minds and our ideals to, to dehumanize another is, is already our insecurities of how dehumanized we feel. And you paint a picture of whoever this oppressor or the reason why not 
So I'm definitely not, it definitely sounds like I'm empathizing with hate and I'm not doing it. I'm just having a somewhat of a basis and an understanding of where it comes from. So a lot of what's happening now is definitely hard to shed a tear and put up the Ukraine flag because a lot of our understanding of a lot of our understanding for empathy and humanity and how things happen and what we should care about and what we shouldn't care about is under the guise of certain conditioning that doesn't go back to heightening quality of life for people itself because it's through a premise and a lens. So when I speak of white supremacy, it's through a lens of the fear and insecurity and self-control that because they lack the melanated spirits, uh, the, they lack the, the, the creativity. They lack the, the true understanding and love and abundance that we think of life. So the whole concept. So and when I say they, it's not even all, quote unquote, white people. It could right. be even a, 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 quote unquote, black person subscribing to this. Like and some do African. Some of us do. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? African spirits. Africa was abundant with resources. You know, you don't think in the form of scarcity. It's right. And it still is. It's very rich. It's very rich. And it's been stripped and stolen. And and, and right now in 2050, it'll be more people. It'll be more. Nigeria will have more people than China by 2050. You need to know that. You need to know that. And great technology, great resources, many things that are abundant. But at the same time, the. Like, so. So. um. What my point that I'm getting at is this idea of scarcity is rooted in the whole concept of being in a place that makes you look at things being so scarce. The Viking nations, even the way his story is written, is exalting violence, exalting war, exalting that it's pain, rooted. So history weapons. is rooted in war. His, all the markers of okay, not okay. Let me say this: all the all the story. markers that. All the markers that are yeah. taught, the way history is taught yes. is all the markers are the points of uh, uh, European conquest. Yes, his story. And even the way yeah. that, even the way Europeans look to comedic abundance and these ideas of the pyramids and the statues and what comedic science means, it's... Or, or Matsumusa in, in, in the in the in the legions of Mali, but the meditative spirits of Dogon Nation, um, living mm -hmm. with as a Maasai warrior and what being a Maasai warrior and in fending for a family is not exalted in this lens because this lens is like, look at this big ass Sphinx. That's some shit to honor because it's big as hell. You know, the Colosseum is big as hell. It's like it's through a lens of his story, mm -hmm. and even in his story there are other things of peace of community of collectivism of giving back of, of 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 coming together but it's never going to be exalted you know so like i see a i see a putin i see a biden the same way i see a elon musk or a bill gates it's like it's in the same framework but just from a different lens so you know yeah i have a i have a question um to that because I, you know, I, I would want to clarify that you're not supporting war, right? Like you're being very clear about that. It's mm -hmm. there's it's not support for war, but it is. And if I, if I get this right, there is a an, an understanding that, and perhaps let me just ask this: 
Is it possible that Russia or maybe Putin is using the excuse of the existence of, you know, white supremacy, Nazism, the excuse mm-hmm. of the existence of Nazism, because Nazi doesn't just Nazism doesn't just exist there. It exists no. in many places across the world. But the excuse of that, the existence of, of, of that being there for whatever levels, at whatever levels or for whatever reason, is it possible that he's utilizing that as an excuse to be able to, um, or just not to be able to because he can do what he wants, but to go in and um, deploy, you know, war against a nation that he really is his fear or his concern really comes down to territorial markings because of NATO, because that is like a NATO that that is like a NATO hub. It's it's a necessary hub in terms of power, like like world powers in terms of like war strategies, Cap- right? capitalist well, well, power, well, right? If we're, if we're talking about right, like we're talking about that big picture strategy uh, and, and that being a hub for them. And and them aligning more and more with NATO and with NATO nations and them mm-hmm. almost didn't they just come into NATO last year or or recently like in the last mm-hmm. right and so, so is, is is could that be a possibility? It's definitely you know that. I, mean? like I, I would say it's definitely that, and I would also say like when we're talking about this, yes, I do not support violence or war of in course, any manner. Of course. Now with this, and I know it definitely sounds like I'm being a, a, a hypocrite when I say this is. The same way I'm a business person, like business is war. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in this system that that has reconditioned. I have to pick and choose where my humanity can rise and where it doesn't rise. Like zero so sum. I'm in, like, like, yeah, if it's, you, it's if you not, have, I don't. If I have, you don't. Rather well, than it, we can it, share. I sometimes can be in that, but like it's a lot of gray area here. Like I'm from a hood where violence is violence can occur. And I understand it, and I'm not justifying it, but I under, I know the context of it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It shouldn't, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, he shot him because he stepped on his sneakers, but it's like, okay, you don't know the layers. I, I just there. was having like a, a discussion there. with somebody. I got homeboys that done served a lot of time in different jails together, and I don't know a lot about a lot about y'all, but my homeboys that, like, prison is a community within itself, and they talk, and it's a different connection from being incarcerated together where sometimes shit spark off and somebody kills somebody and and it's one of those things where i don't want to see it but i also am not going to be the person to intervene and be like look brother you need to put the gun down because i live in a reality where war has now been justified through the conditioning that i'm shaking myself out of let alone to expand to, to others so what i would say is if you are in a position You know, if you're in a position of any form of leadership, this is Putin, this is Saddam Hussein, this is um, Muammar Gaddafi, this is Fidel Castro. As vicious as America may make a person seem, it's a lot of people that are supporting you if you can take action. So the Russian people are supporting him and the Russian people that are supporting him are supporting him because, like I say, that eastern bloc of the Ukraine is really, even though it's in the Ukraine, it's Russian. So it's like... As these Ukrainian National Guardsmen are beating the shit out of these people that have Russian leaning, you have to do something because how many of those messages are you going to get from your soldiers? 
that are Russian and saying, yo, this is fucked up, man. They're beating the shit out of my uncle, bro. Yeah, like, like if I'm in a gang, you side. in a gang. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like I'm in a gang, you in a gang, but we selling drugs together and everything. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, my gang keeps fucking with your guys. That it's going to get be. to a certain point where you're going to be like, look, I want to keep doing business with you. But my guys are to a point where I have to do something about this because you obviously can't control your men because really it's America putting the battery in the back of Ukraine being like, look, whatever you do, like, look, if you can stop selling drugs with Kari and you and I'll give you the drugs you need. And I kind of like that you fucking up, you know what I'm saying? Doing wild shit. Like it's a reason why the first person that led NATO was Nazi. It's a reason why in Syria you had Nazi generals that were working with the CIA. It's a reason why you have the, uh, what is that? The, um, the, the, the democracy now uh, radio frequency that was going out and throughout Russia, this whole propaganda wing about what Russia is and what, that things are going on like these are intentional forms of espionage and as as we even found out through the black panthers espionage is less a motherfucker like J james bond sitting around with a martini uh you know macking on women it's more like if i can if i can bring enough confusion even amongst the three of us then that makes Piper kind of look at me sideways. That makes me look at Pilar sideways. And the espionage person, it becomes, instead of the Piper Carter podcast, the CIA podcast. Because CIA now is buddied up with everybody. Like, hey, did you know what Piper said about you? All right, man, I don't want to say nothing. the strategy that, of distrust. Exactly. And that same dissension, what they did to Garvey, what they did to, um, you know, the Panthers, what they did to Martin Luther King. I mean, it's shocking to think about. And I mean... You know, like they, they even talk about uh, Boehner Rustin to this day as like, look at this great civil rights black leader. But he was an FBI informant. Like when you look at that FBI files of Martin Luther King, it's like in Martin Luther King's office. Though definitely he, he was, you know, cheating on his wife or whatever, but you had of his office of 50 people, 30 of them were FBI agents. You know what I'm saying? So that's just the type of thought process where you're it's 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 a reason like that, that like the 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 access points in the ways that you, you know, America is like, no, nah, we ain't got troops on the ground, but we're causing enough ruckus and confusion and madness to make things switch, switch at a point where things don't, you know, where where it's so uneasy, you know. The, the the war in Afghanistan, like it runs concurrent with the opioid crisis. And then it's like, obviously, the biggest producer of poppy in the world is Afghanistan. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, let's also like talk that. about because you mentioned drugs. <laughs> well, <laughs> let, let's also talk about how um, Russia, Ukraine are the, you know, uh, top, you know, CIA like hitmen uh, hired there, created there. Um, when the stories about how um, the citizens were taking up arms, they were taking up arms with um, AR-15s that were supplied by the U.S. And I don't mean in the 60s. I'm talking about like the day before yesterday. 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 <laughs> this is right. But this is this is OK. So we have in the U.S., we have a very deep, very profitable um, weapons system. Like we produce mm -hmm. weapons for the world. 
those people that run those companies, that own those companies, right, those capitalists, they need wars to exist in order to continue to profit. It benefits them to have, mm -hmm. right? So, of course, deals are going to be bartered, right? Deals are going to, it's like, oh, we can supply, you know, we can supply Kiev with, you know, this many weapons. We can, mm -hmm. we can send Ukraine, do you know what I mean, all these weapons. Do you know what I mean? Because that, somebody's got to buy them. Somebody's going to pay for them. Do you know what I mean? Like, and and so this is like that capitalist mentality of like, how can I profit from war? How can I edge and 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 you know be around for these um tipping points that happen, right? Mm -hmm. And and be ready to what's the word? You know that strategy of distrust that we were talking about? Yeah, it's and, and that's like, what I was gonna when, say. The key weapon in America has always been propaganda. Right. It's always been it's like it's always been propaganda, but this is the but for profit, though, like to be able to sit there and see that there's there's some stuff going on between Russia and Ukraine. And you just wait until there's like that little bit of like, uh, you throw in some weapons and you hear that these people, you know, this person hears that these people are getting weaponized. Mm -hmm. Right. That They're getting ready and that they're, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And and this and then this person starts putting more people around the borders getting ready and then you're just like i don't know i don't know and then these guys are like i can't wait because mm -hmm. i'm going to sell more weapons like this is about to well, go off I, I would say wait but also to throw in there that gas in course, uh that gas in of course in it's, cali is like seven dollars because a russia's, gallon. russia's one of the biggest if not the biggest producer of oil of crude oil so of course it it's profitable but i i would say you know what i mean I would this, say this profit everywhere. It's profit everywhere. I would say it's like a pie. So some of it's the profit. Some of it's just the 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 thought process. We want our shit back. Of course. Some of it's the the thought process of like I can bully somebody. So shit, I'm gonna bully somebody. And some of it is like rock and hard place of like this is the way of the Western world. Western world like. This is what we do, but and then what's crazy about it is, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, what's that? Art of War, Sun Tzu. Like at the end of every, the, the war is never won on the battlefield. No. It's gonna, it's gonna always be some people getting on the phone, you know, like, hey, this shit's a wrap. It's never, right. you know, it's never to the point where everyone, quote unquote, is murdered. It's always gonna be some form of dignitaries deciding what happens, and then when those dignitaries decide what happens, the same way, like. You know, when we were in school and our teachers break us up from a fight at at recess, that shit's still kind of lingering on the bus. Sure. And and that shit been lingering on the bus since World War One. That's what I'm saying. So it's like these treaties still never really resolve the conflict. Japan the, the Japanese people do business with America. They they um you know, uh, welcome American money and all that. Entire, but the minute that the businesses. Japanese people have an edge where they can kick America's ass, they will do it in a minute. Just like the minute that after, you know what I'm saying? You have a, a teacher have a breakup or fight and somebody get a lick in on you, like, damn, you know what I'm saying? Like right at the end where it's like, damn, you got that lick in on me. Right, right there. But the minute I can get a lick back in on them. But really, really like, Really, the root here, though, out of out of all of this, and and just continuously throughout past history, and and into 
like two here and I'm talking about not not I'm excluding indigenous cultures because they they function differently. But this what, what we're talking about yeah. here and the way the, globally, the way things the power structure functions mm -hmm. is really on ego and greed. Yeah. Right. It's really about ego and hoarding, e ego and greed. And um, that's part really of that, the root of that. But I would I would drill that down further of it's the insecurity to trust in collectivism, because to trust in collectivism means that now I have to bring something to the I have, have to, to feel share. as though that what I bring to the pot will be just as welcome as what they bring to the pot. Right. And, and you have to share. And people don't want to share like people in power. But I would say that's the insecurity of feeling that sure. it will be shared. Like, it's so weird because it's like it's the insecurity that if I hope if like if we're all on the same playing field, then nobody's going to want to play with me. I need some form of leverage just so that I can have a friend. Now, I'm definitely <laughs> surmising this like down to some old Sesame Street Gumby shit. But that's my interpretation so i can move forward and not uh be crippled throughout my day and you know walk up on you know every white person and smack them in the face type shit because it's definitely not even the the whiteness that you speak of is way more an ideal it's completely than it's an ideal. even anything it's an and ideal. even that ideal is in is. me because i've been conditioned in this same shit even my condition is conditioned <laughs> <laughs> it's, full, it's, it's full indoctrination right yes. like we, we're all indoctrinated into this system like our, our school system all of it is it's very indoctrinating that's, that's wait let's talk about what the in and well i'm gonna say indoctrination or uh into crypto so because i i, right, I definitely want to y'all been kicking it i got <laughs> i gotta edit it's been dope i'm gonna come back we'll talk more international diplomacy from Kari's perspective with Pilar and Piper. But like I say, watch River Wise. Do your own damn research. That's the root of a lot of this shit, the propaganda. And uh, even this, your favorite thing of TikTok. You know, you know who controls that. Handle yours. <laughs> Our proprietor of Detroit is different, Kari Frazier. Gonna go do some, some boss type editing stuff. But Pilar, yeah, speaking of you know, shifting power. Um, you were always coming on our show and always on Clubhouse and in the world, um, you know, helping people to shift power. But I wanted you to speak a little bit because, you know, you shared some information with me and I want you to um, to share it. Sure. Um, something that I thought was really interesting, um, two, three days ago, I was on Twitter and I come across this tweet um, it had like a few likes, you know what I mean? It was just, but, but I, I read it and I was like, wow, it was so powerful. Um, I'm going to read it for you. Um, so it's by Artyom Fedosov. Um, Fedosov. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing it, but he's at you sleepwalker. That's his handle. Um, my Ukrainian credit cards don't work anymore. I'm safe physically in Kazakhstan, but all my savings are gone. Crypto is the only money I still have. And today I can say without exaggeration that BTC, that's Bitcoin, ETH, that's Ethereum, and NFTs are going to save my life while I can't come back home. And I thought that was, wow, so powerful to think that you've been forcibly removed from your home, forced to flee because of a war that you you can't affect 
Do you know what I mean? Like you're not the one making these decisions. Um, you happen to have some crypto because over the last, you know, whatever, a few years, maybe he's been in it for five years, who knows? He's managed to accumulate a little bit of crypto, but anything that he had of value, um, home-wise or whatnot is, is not accessible. You can't carry the things you own, even the wealth, even like 20 watches. Like how many things can you carry on your back when you're fleeing, right? Like, I mean, this is war. Um, you're literally the clothes on your back and maybe one or two things in your hands. And that's, that's it. That's, that's your future is that for who knows how long, because you don't know. And, um, who knows if, if when you do go back, um, the building where your home was, um, isn't bombed and, and there's nothing to come back to in terms of the life you had, you know, the day before you left. Right. Um, so it's really interesting that in this moment, something like cryptocurrency could be utilized as a lifeline. And I thought that was fascinating. And I checked today and that has been retweeted over 17,000 times and it now has over 80,000 likes. Um, and I think it's a, just a really fascinating um, use case as, as horrific and sad as, as the situation that created that um, it, it kind of speaks to, you know, how we're moving towards this new future towards this. Can we, can we build something different? Can we build a new future, something that has more access um, more equity, you know, um, more justice built in, right? Um, and and just uh, more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? More, more ownership of, of your data and um, self-direction and, and, and all of that um, with, um, you know, decentralization, with, with Web3, right? And to see that use case in a situation of war where this person would literally be starving, right? Or, or close to it, or, you know, be thinking in, on those terms, like, am I going to eat today? What can I do to not to be able to eat today in wherever I've landed? Do you know what I mean? Um, compared to I have some Bitcoin or I have some ETH and I can buy food with it somewhere. Now, another, so speaking yeah. of Bitcoin, um, interesting. because Bitcoin is, is centralized. Right. But it's, but it is a part of Web3. Right. So so um, because it's a part of Web3 it, um, and, and and the structures that are being built for being able to access it um, and being, you know, being able to use it or let's say trade it for food, for um, a pair of shoes, for um, you need a jacket because it's colder where you've just moved, something like that. That is possible outside of traditional banking systems, which are web to um, analog systems, where if the government shuts down the banking system, you're shit out of luck like this guy, right? Like, you, I mean, sorry, but I shouldn't speak like that. But like, you're, do you know what I mean? Like, you have no access, right? You, your bank account is closed. It's done. Like, there's no access, right? But um, yeah, being able to access um, web three, right, systems, um, it, it's just, it's very interesting to me. I was like, wow, because it also speaks to um, some of the, some of the blockchains that are, that, that are, are creating um, like Cardano, for example. And, and I, I think of them because they are um, one of the ones that have been speaking 
to this type of issue from from the get-go of, of why they're creating or why they've created Cardano and why it's being built out um, is to give banking access to places in the world where banking has never existed. It just, you know what I mean? Like uh, places in, in African countries, um, distant places all over the world, um, Latin American countries where banking just is not accessible and predominantly to people of color and predominantly to uh, people with with low incomes, right? Um, being able to trade, being able to um, monetize things, being able to um, access microloans even to begin businesses, to begin, do you know what I mean? Like loans, grants, what have you, that just doesn't exist. That, 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 that possibility isn't there. It's just, you know, nada, right? Um, so to see this just spoke to me in that, on those terms, like, wow, in a situation of war, as egregious as that is, as horrific as you would never want anyone to have to even be in his circumstance, um, it almost it's almost like a proof case. Do you know what I mean? It, 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 it like verifies in some ways that that is the kind of access that that can be had um, in those places where women, for example, you know, we make up, women and girls make up 51% of the planet. I mean, today is like the first day of Women's History Month, right? Um, we make up 51% of the planet and we are the largest group of the most poor um, the ones with the least access to education, justice, safety, ownership. Wealth Can I just building. jump in there for that? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, with the situation that's going on in Ukraine, mm -hmm. the um, Africans, many of the Africans or Nigerians that um, were denied access into Poland, right? Um, what wait, we've from, learned wait from ukraine yeah from ukraine yeah from okay. ukraine okay. so um what the conversation has been um is a race conversation which i think is extremely important yeah layered with that um as you're speaking is that black bodies yeah are commodity 100% and the um what would i call it the industry of um the sex trade or yeah. the or the sex slave trade yeah um that is huge yeah in the ukraine and russia and um like eastern european um that is yeah it is a hot spot for um actually for extracting um pro yeah like slaves and it is also um a hot spot for moving slaves brown bodies from Latin American countries and African countries into European countries through like that, those rings. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I wanted to kind of shift the conversation a little bit into what you were, you know, uh, describing earlier, um, the situation that uh, is going on uh, currently. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. We think about this because it is this month and, you know, we get to think about it the entire year, you and I. But um, with this month specifically, a lot of things are, are highlighted. And, um, you know, we were saying how it, it, it terrified me to hear that this war was going to kick off 
Um, and then once it, it actually kicked off and it and it went into full tilt, all I could think of a, about was, um, you know, it's that same sentiment when Afghanistan fell and, um, you know, every, you know, the, everyone left Afghanistan and, and the women and girls were left there. Um, the terror, right? Like it's this internal terror of like, oh my goodness, what, you know what's coming. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know what is coming. Um, the whores that are coming um, into, by force, into the lives of of women and girls, predominantly girls, because younger is the um, the more in-demand population. Uh, but with U- Ukraine too, um, I've, I've read it over and over again, people saying, um, they just, their first instinct was to get their daughters out of that country once, you know, war was, you know, was coming. And, and once it, it did begin, they were just like frantic to get their daughters out. And um, I have a girlfriend who um, has godchildren there and they just went into three weeks underground in a bomb shelter. And um, the reality that, that she has to endure where, um, Will she ever see that family again? What's going to happen? You know what I mean? All these uncertainties um, and and any girl children in, in that country are in deep danger. Um, someone else that is from there that has family there and is from that country specifically was um, in a thread I was I, I'm in. And um, he was very specific about how cruel and vicious uh, the Russians will be and in, in this, you know, and it won't be documented, it won't be publicized, but they are extraordinarily cruel, extraordinarily vicious. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's terrifying um, because that is, you know, that is the cause of war, right? Um, sex traffickers, uh, they look for crises like this, um, displacement, unparented, unwatched, uh, you know, uh, torn apart children, like, you know, torn apart from families, all of that. Perfect, perfect victims. Just go in and you just steal humans, right, into the, the slave trade. Um, so, yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> we have to have another. Well, So, okay, so April, I'm going to dedicate the month I'm trying to decide if I'm going to dedicate the whole month to sexual assault awareness because April is sexual assault um, awareness month. Mm-hmm. Um, or if I'm going to split it up between sexual assault awareness series and um, political education because we have the uh, elections coming up. Um, I may push political education to May, but um, I don't want to like save this conversation for April I definitely right. want to have it now because, again, um, both yourself, myself, um, shouts out to Kalima and a lot of other people um, definitely are uh, work on this issue consistently. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think um, when we come back, uh, we really need to uh, look for and have some um tangible ways that folks can support um, people who are, you know, uh, victims of um, sex trafficking, especially um, right now it's, it's chaotic. Mm -hmm. And like you said, um, it's easy for in all the chaos for um, people to get lost in the shuffle. Um, So that's a mild way to put it. 
organized crime looks for that. Like that they're, they're, do you know what I mean? Like that's, that's their, that's their meal ticket. Right. Um, and, and, you know, in, in the same way that they look for um, like fought the foster care system, it's the same thing. There's nobody in the corner of those girls. Do you know what I mean? Nobody paying attention, if you will, easy pickings, you know, the, the disappeared right all over the place. Um, and that is also why um uh, brown and black women and girls are, are are the most targeted because um, the justice systems aren't going to look for them. They're not going to hold anyone accountable. Like, you know, being a woman, you know, the chances of accountability going in, in your favor are low, but um, your skin color makes it near impossible to ever, ever gain justice, ever gain accountability. Um, you know, that, that, um, you know, it just, it's, it's an unfortunate truth. I definitely also um, just want to highlight having worked in the fashion industry, you know, the fashion industry, I mean, is a violator of many um, atrocities. Cesspool. Mm -hmm. And um, if we're looking at um, within the fashion industry, if we're um, talking about the modeling aspect of the modeling industry, fashion is a place where human trafficking is um, part of the business model, if 100%, you will. 100%. So the models are scouted when they're like 11 or 12 years old. There, yeah. Many of them um, ha come from Eastern European countries like Ukraine mm -hmm. and Russia. Yeah. Um, many of the young girls are like six feet tall when they're like 11 or 12. Mm -hmm. And um, many of these modeling agencies pawn off the models or the potential models to clients put uh, I'm gonna put the quotes on clients but anything from your typical wall street you know mogul to um a celebrity to a you know uh any sort of businessmen overseas but sexual predators and and pedophiles yes yeah and so when we look at um you know, I don't know if folks have ever watched um, any of the Epstein um, documentaries right. or anything like that. But this is that world that 100%. this is where that that world is right now. And 100%. that's a conversation that's not happening. You know, yeah. the conver I mean, trust me, war is super scary. Um, the what what I believe is that the uh, media is pushing certain narrative to um, to actually get folks minds and hearts to support war. But I think um, what I would like to do is have conversations about the conversations that don't happen. Right. right. Like right. the Africans mm -hmm. who are, you know, sex trafficked yep. and how that's a huge problem. It's huge. Um, globally, but definitely in Eastern Europe where they're, I would say they're pretty much the Kings of, um, of, of human trafficking and sex trafficking, especially with minors, like you said, and also how the fashion industry has pretty much cornered the market on um, child sex slavery through the model industry. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's not, I mean, not it's to differentiate it's, it's like it's facilitated it. through the modeling. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's and cleaned industry. up, right. Yeah. It's cleaned up and, uh -huh. and not that it doesn't happen in the porn world. Right. Or not that porn isn't a part of this. But I think what happens sometimes is in these conversations when folks uh, 
talk about porn, they kind of separate porn like this Ron Jeremy kind of thing. Right. right? Like it's some separate thing. And it's like, no, it's one in the same. Like like what people don't really understand. And, um, you know, we're not taught this as 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 young people um, is that porn is literally the advertisement of prostitution. It is the filmed version of prostitution, right? It, it, they go hand in hand, right? So slavery is the the crux, the foundation of prostitution, just like slavery is the foundation of pornography. It's it's the same system, right? It is a system of slavery. It was born from slavery and it has never existed without slavery. You know what I mean? Like they, they cannot exist without slavery. It's an impossible thing to, for that whole industry, that whole system to exist without slavery. And I, what's interesting too is, um, the the media's avoidance of the conversation about um how prevalent uh the sex trade um is in this region um and how um this is a moment where um much of that needs to be discussed mm-hmm. right um over and over and over again i i really want to um there's there's something I want to highlight, too, because like what you're saying right now regarding the media and everything, we have to understand that this is very, very organized crime. This is like the highest levels of organized crime, being able to move human beings um, within days, you know what I mean, to, to different parts of the planet not like not like neighborhoods, you know what I mean? Like, you know, within two days, you can get somebody to another neighborhood or down the highway to maybe the next town. No, like globally, like they're here in Detroit today, you know, in two days, they're on an, they're in another country. Do you know what I mean? Like in, in five days, they're on another continent. Do you know what I mean? And you will they'll they'll, they'll never be back. Like they'll be they're gone forever. You know, they could be here and then in Dubai next week you know, or within like a few days. Do you know what I mean? Like here and in Germany, you know, within a few days, like here and, and you know what I mean? Like it's. And and I definitely, you know, I want to highlight how the conversation in the media is that um, all these Western nations are quiet. Oh, right. But they're quiet because they're complicit. Right. They're There's complicit with this war. Um, there's a lot of profit going on with this war or with this impending war. And there's a lot of profit going on with the human trafficking and the sex trade and the, the child sex trade. And truth be told, as, as the offshoot of, yeah, as the offshoot of um, of uh, weapons, the, the profit in weapons, that offshoot of, of that whole thing, that dis, that the chaos and the destruction and the the fleeing of humans, the migration of humans, all of that is just like easy pickings for all those, you know, for organized crime to come in and be like, ah, oh, we're profiting off of guns and now we're profiting off of bodies. Yeah. And we talked earlier about the... Um, what do we call it? Like the the the, the center of espionage <laughs> is there as well. Um, it is the center of the highest forms of um, you know uh, high crimes and um, secret crimes and um, yeah. And our when I say our the U.S.'s hand in all of that and how the U.S. is making money currently 
off of all of that while getting the while making it appear as though they're just so separated and not a part of that and we're over here in the civilized west and we're so confused as to what's happening again meanwhile the uh you know gangs in ukraine actually i mean uh have ar-15s that have been passed out by the u.s and you know while um i'm definitely pro guerrilla warfare you know um it's just I, I my heart goes to the citizens in 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 Ukraine and Russia and the entire region, yeah, right? Yeah. That are impacted M many by Russians all these are, decisions, are, right? M many Russians are, are, are have been very vocal that they are against this. I mean, you know, I think the majority of people in those areas they don't want war. The majority of people on our planet do not want war. Um, however, the majority of people on the planet do not profit from weapon sales and do not make decisions at the highest levels of government, right? And, and officiating. So um, we're pawns, right? We are uh, at the whim of greed and ego, literally, right? Um, and so it's it's sad right now in, um, in Russia, thousands, I think it was like a thousand, four thousand people have been arrested for protesting against their, you know, their country's actions. Um, and uh, they, 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 you know, they, they really are very controlling about um, anyone in, in disagreement of, of Russian government um, in period there. I mean, you, you're incarcerated and who knows what happens to you in, in, in those jails. Yeah. And, you know, moving forward, we're going to, we're going to see, right. Um, whatever, what they show us. Right. Um, but I feel like we've been talking for a while and I yeah, want to yeah, continue yeah um this conversation and more as we see you know what actually will unfold but um i want folks to go check you out on clubhouse uh to learn more about nfts and the crypto art and all the great stuff that you have coming up so um tell everyone how and where they can find you sure so um i'm a part of searchlight.art um, you can see us there. Uh, we curate all kinds of events. Uh, we're partnering up this month with um, a, a few groups, um, women's groups, uh, to create um, We the Women uh, NFT art exhibition. And um, the deadline is May, sorry, March 8th for um, art to submit a piece. Um, you know, around the idea of th like how women thrive, um, you know, resistance, um, resilience, all of that, um, you know, joy and greatness and, and achievement of women, anything to do with that. And um, the the show will will launch in Spatial.io. Um, it's a VR gallery type space and um, it, it's a really great sort of universe you can you can enter but it's a it's a vr gallery that we'll be building uh for the show and it'll be up for a year um so you can go to searchlight.art you can go to my twitter um at pilar cote and get um the links to submit if you're interested it'll be it should be the first pin tweet yeah and um just so folks who don't know what a vr gallery is can you tell them oh, right. what that is so it's a virtual gallery so that instead of going to a physical place, you go into a uh, like a website, like a space on a website um, and you can enter it with 
VR headsets, like virtual reality headsets to see things like really very realistic and very, you know, it's like you're really there and moving around. Or you can have it on your web browser, just on your screen and and maneuver around with a mouse and, um, you know, some keys, whatever you want to do. Either way, it's, it's accessible, but you can go in. Um, from anywhere in the world where you have access to the internet. Of course, the digital divide is a real thing in some places, but if if you do have access to internet, you can access it from anywhere in the world, um, spatial.io, and it'll be called uh, We the Women. Um, yeah. Yeah, and we'll make sure it's um, put down in the in the chat, I mean, in the um, description of oh, this. Oh, can, yeah. I, can I mention one more? Sorry, and I have a standing show that kicked off um, last December on Human Rights Day, um, and it's still going um, to the end of this month and probably a few more months after. I'm going to leave it up, but it's also in spatial.io, but you can get the link to it in um, searchlight.art. It's called Momentum is Ours, and it is um, an, an art exhibit uh, speaking against the um, against gender violence, so ending violence against women and girls, and it was an alignment with the United Nations um, projects and um, initiative to end violence against women and girls. So that's still up um, if you're interested in looking at that. Yeah, thank you. And also too, um, in Detroit, if you are in Detroit, uh, I had to put my glasses on so I can see the flyer. I turned 50 a couple of weeks ago. But um, so um, it's the, the, the International Day of Women as well in yes. Clark Park. Shouts out to uh, Garaje Cultural. Uh, which is Amelia Duran. Um, yeah, mm. she organized a rally and a protest. It's going to be at uh, 4.30 p.m. Um, in Clark Park on March the 8th. And um, there's an art build that's happening this Friday, the 4th, uh, from 4 p.m. Uh, to 8 p.m. at 4670 Junction. That's in southwest Detroit, um, if you don't know about Garaje Cultural, it's a wonderful space that our beloved sister, um, Amelia Duran, uh, has, you know, been building. Um, they've just gotten secured a new building. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah, so, uh, everyone, uh, come out and supports, uh, should be super incredible, um, and then also too, uh, definitely, you know, keep listening to Piper Carter podcast. Um, you can go to the website now that we have a website, pipercarterpodcast.com. Um, I'm on Clubhouse. I need to get on there more with yes, Pilar. Yes. And um, at Piper Carter, um, if you go to the Instagram, it's Piper Carter podcast. And if you go to Facebook, it's Piper Carter podcast. And Please join us in our Facebook group or our meta group, um, Piper Carter Podcast. Um, that's where we continue the conversation. We're on the Detroit is Different podcast network. Shouts out to Kari Frazier, who's invested in this wonderful space for the community. You can go to um, DetroitIsDifferent.net to see all the other podcasts that are available on the network. Or you could go to DetroitIsDifferent.com and read the blog and catch up um, on all things Detroit and definitely on social media. Detroit is different on Facebook and Detroit is different on Instagram. So this has been the Piper Carter podcast. Um, thank you, Pilar. 
for uh, being wonderful and incredible. Definitely want to also shout out Brittany March and also um, Deja Gray, who were not able to be here um, this evening, but we really appreciate them. Oh, and before I go, just a reminder, the music that you heard at the top of the episode is Mahogany Jones. Um, all of her links are inside of the description, but you want to go to uh, Mahogany Jones on Instagram and Facebook and all the places that you can listen to music. And the song that we played today is her new song, came out this year, brand new. It's called Work. All right. And you guys have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you so much, Piper. Thank you. Take care.